Welcome to First Presbyterian Church of Evanston. This Sunday's sermon was given by Associate Pastor, Reverend Henry Coates. If you'd like more information about First Presbyterian Church of Evanston, please visit firstpresevanston.org. Our scripture reading today is from the Gospel according to Mark, chapter 1, verses 29 through 39. Please join me in a prayer for illumination. O God, prepare us through the active presence of your Spirit to come before you worthily and ask of you rightly. Enlighten our understanding, purify our every desire, quicken our wills into instant obedience to your word, strengthen every right purpose, direct this time of worship to the magnifying of your name and to the enduring good of us, your children and your servants, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Mark 1, verse 29. As soon as Jesus and his disciples left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now, Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever and they told Jesus about her at once. So Jesus came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to Jesus all who were sick or possessed with demons. The whole city gathered around the door. And Jesus cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. But he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, Jesus got up and went out to a deserted place and there he prayed. Simon and his companion hunted for him. And when they found him, they said to him, everyone is looking for you. Jesus answered, let us go someplace else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he went throughout Galilee proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning, everybody. I am happy to be with you this morning. I'm always happy when I get the opportunity to share a word from the Lord with you all. But I'm especially happy this morning because I get to preach from the gospel according to Mark. I make no secret how I am 
utterly captivated by the beguiling nature of this gospel. There's something about the way that Mark tells his story that puts you right there. He's direct, straight to the point, evocative in his sparseness. Today's reading comes from the end of Mark chapter 1, and it, I think, reveals something powerful about who Jesus is. There's something about that man, that man, Jesus, am I right? He, he heals, he casts out demons, and he prays. And in our brief time together this morning, I want to talk about the fact that Jesus prays, about how and where he prays, and how you too can pray like Jesus. What does prayer do? I always think that's a good place to start whenever you're talking about prayer in a sermon or anything. What, is, what does prayer do? And the follow-up question is, what does it do anything? Whole books have been written on this. The amount of ink spilled on this topic would probably fill up this sanctuary twice over. But I think the best way that I can answer this question briefly is to invite all of us to look at Jesus and to see what prayer is for him in this moment of Mark chapter 1. What strikes me so hard about our passage this morning is it is, is clear how desperately Jesus needs a break. Jesus needed a moment to get away from it all. He needed space for himself to be by himself to pray in peace. He's been traveling all over. People have been crowding in on him everywhere, desperate to be cured, desperate to be made whole, desperate. And he does it. He does it. He heals. He eases burdens. He lifts yokes. He tells demons to get lost. And they do. Note how Mark says that in the evening after dinner, they brought to him all who were sick, all who were sick and possessed with demons. And the whole city was pressed around that door. We're talking dozens, if not hundreds, of people desperate for Jesus. It's not like all this healing was done quick. The question I have is, did, did it extend into the night? Did the healing take place even in the darkness? Mark says yes. But note what Jesus does when the healing is done. While it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place. That's provocative. What a shocking statement if you pause to think about it. Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh, Son of God, Prince of Peace, He who sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, from thence He shall come to judge the quick and the dead. That Jesus Christ 
needed a break from it all. Jesus needed some space. I don't know about you all, but sometimes you just, you just feel for Jesus. Your heart goes out to the guy, and for good reason. Because what does Jesus do? He gives. He gives and gives and gives, and he loves and he loves and he loves. And does it ever cross your mind, in the midst of all that giving, in the midst of all that loving, that he might get tired? That Jesus might get burnt out a bit? We don't always like to ask questions like this because it can feel like we are diminishing the divinity of Christ, somehow insulting him if we point out that he too might get tired, frustrated, angry, exhausted, scared. I think we miss the majesty of Jesus Christ if we concentrate on his divinity at the expense of his humanity if we somehow divorce the Son of God from the Son of Man, if we ignore his humanness, Jesus got tired. And when he got tired, he got away from it all and went to a quiet, deserted place and prayed. I came across a quote this week when I was thinking about how so many people are hurting after months of isolation, loneliness, after so much disease, after so much fear. Theologian Willie James Jennings observed that we who follow Jesus are working in wounds, working in wounds, working with wounds, and working through wounds. His wounds? Yes. Our wounds. And the wounds of the world. And how do we experience, confront, work through our wounded selves and the world? Well, we pray to our wounded Savior who hung on the tree so that we might come alive. Pray, and in this way, remember that it is by his stripes we are healed, that by his wounds we are made whole, by his blood we are redeemed. This is the love of Christ poured out, and we tap into this love when we pray. So what are we to do? Where, where does this passage, what this passage tells us, where does it leave us? After a night of hard, emotionally exhausting work, Jesus went out to a deserted place and prayed. So what? Well, in all things, I think Mark is encouraging us to be like Jesus. To be like him. To take the time, even if it is just for a moment, to pause in whatever you are doing and talk to God like Jesus did. If you need to go to a quiet place, Mark says, if you need to praise yourself out to whatever metaphorical, deserted place you can imagine, just take a moment and talk to God in the stillness. Maybe you're surrounded by a lot of noise. A lot of us are. 
you can still pray. And your Father in heaven will hear you just like he heard Jesus. No matter where you are, no matter what you are doing or where you think you are going, even if things are spiraling out of control, even if, like Jesus, the crowds are pressing in and demanding you do something, and, and you're tired and weak and worn, God is with you. Say you think you don't have a deep faith. God is with you. Say you think you don't know how to pray. God is with you, and God will hear you. Say you struggle to even believe that there is a God out there, and that if this God does exist, if this God is out there, why would that God care about little old you and listen to you? Well, take even that to the Lord in prayer, because I tell you, he does care about you, and he will listen to you because he loves you. Sometimes we don't have the words to pray. We, we, we just can't find them. Sometimes, like Job, after the whirlwind takes his family and destroys everything he knows, we just have to sit in silence. Too anxious, too sad, too depressed, too full of questions. Why? God, why? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me, forsaken us, forsaken your world? Why, Lord, why? And you just sit there. And you sigh. A prayer can be a sigh, a sigh too deep for words. And by the power of the Spirit of God, that sigh prayer is heard, and God will know your need. And in this way, whether we pray with words or pray with sighs or pray with our hands or feet, we worship our creator. We worship our redeemer. And, and, and we can take off the pressure that weighs us down and place it on God. You see, God wants us to do this. He desires for you to do this too. Even if the pressure is heavy, even if you are going through some heavy, heavy stuff, you can lay it all down in prayer because God is able. Even if your sighs are too deep for words, God will use this prayer of yours to form you into whom you were created to be, redeemed to become. In the desert places of our life, there we can meet Jesus and join alongside him in prayer. Prayer for ourselves, prayer for our world, prayer for our neighbors. Prayer for how we are to continue to go about our day to day with all the craziness, the busyness, the hardship 
that surrounds us. Just as Jesus shows us here in this passage at the end of Mark 1, the importance of prayer for a life well lived, we can show, we can model this way of praying for each other. See, prayer is a spirit, it's a disposition, it's an approach. It's an act of surrender, an act of worship. To drive this home, I want to use an example from our own church. I want to pay tribute to my friend, Bob. Bob Sefton is a longtime member of this church, nearly 60 or so more years, joining back in 1959 when Harold Blake Walker was pastor here. Bob's part of my grumpy old men Bible study that meets every Wednesday, rain or shine, pandemic or non, on Zoom or in person. Bob Sefton, a grand old man of this church, closes out every single Bible study with prayer. And and when Bob Sefton prays, when Bob Sefton prays, you pause, listen, and commune with God. You can catch your breath and give it all to the Lord. When Bob prays, you always get the palpable sense that Christ recognizes his own, that Jesus knows us to be lambs of his own flock, sinners of his own redeeming. The morning that I am preaching this sermon, and I hope all of you heard by now, that our brother Bob has gone on to his eternal reward and now sees Jesus face to face. His friend Larry Holmes said to me this morning, you know, Bob walked every day in God's shoes, following his Savior. On behalf of the church, you loved for over 60 years, Bob. Well done, good and faithful servant. We love you. We are thankful for you, and we give thanks to God for you. And we will miss you. Glory be to God, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be world without end. Amen and amen. You see, the way Bob prayed was special, but this type of prayer is open to all, and it is not about style. It's about how we approach the Lord in a spirit of humbleness and total dependence. When we are overwhelmed, we can go to our quiet place and talk to our God. We can all pray this way, whether you are new to this thing called faith or a long-time disciple. There is nothing stopping any of us from going to the throne of grace and laying it all before the Lord. This is what prayer does. It aligns us to what God is doing here in the world right now. 
And it reminds us of who we are by making real for us whose we are. We are who we are because of whose we are. We are children of a loving Father who art in heaven. And through Christ's loving sacrifice and the example he displays before us, we can pray to our Father in confidence, just as our brother Bob did, just like Jesus does. No matter what deserted place you might find yourself in, in the moment. Now, with that all said, I want to invite you all, wherever you are today in this world of ours, whether you're here in Evanston or Chicago, Illinois, North Carolina, Massachusetts, Arizona, Nevada, if you are across the seas, wherever you are in this world that God so loves, will you please join in with me in prayer as we pray together the prayer that Jesus, his disciples, that Jesus teaches his disciples to pray. Let us pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen and amen.